0: Well, yesterday was eventful for Florida Gators fans, obviously with Bryce Thornton committing and uh, Dejon Johnson committing, but tomorrow's game day. Tomorrow is Florida versus LSU. Here's the game plan on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast. Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators. Your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday, tomorrow's game day. Um, Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and giants country of si.com. And today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Florida Gators. And the LSU Tigers right here on Sling. Sling is the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Before getting into today's content, just going to ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, check out the Lockdown Gators Discord. Which is in the description below, which, by the way, has been phenomenal this week. If you're in the Discord and, and you're listening, thank you, because that has been Awesome. Um, But now we're talking about the Florida Gators offense versus the LSU defense and what this strategy should be. Of course, next segment, we'll talk Florida defense versus LSU offense. But I think when you're looking at Florida offensively, the primary focus should be, I, I think, outside runs. First of all, this is a Florida Gators team that likes to run the ball often. Obviously, they do that, uh, whether it's RPOs and design runs. Doesn't matter. They do it. Tennessee against LSU found success running the ball to the edges. Other teams against LSU found success running the ball to the edges, outside the tackle, outside the tight end. Guess what Florida should be able to find success at doing? Yes, yes, you guessed it. Good job. This is like Dory the Explorer, where I'm like, oh, like, like, where is it? And then I'm waiting for you to respond. That's what that is. Um, Florida should be able to get the ball outside the edges, which is, I mean, first of all, Florida's been phenomenal doing that. Uh, and I'm not just talking about Ricky Pearsall's 76-yard touchdown run around the edge. Just in general, they've been very effective running to the outside. And again, that's partially with that wide zone style that they like to operate out of where... Again, the wide, I know we've talked about this before, but wide zone is blocking kind of horizontally to open vertical rushing lanes. And a lot of times those lanes are on the outside. So that's where Florida's kind of found um, a good deal of success on the ground. And I would expect that to be the case, especially when you look at they made the change in the depth, in the running back room, the depth chart. They are no longer listing Naquan Wright as a starting running back. It is Montreal Johnson, then Trevor Etienne, and then Naquan Wright or Lorenzo Wingard. So so these changes have been made. We're not sure if it'll be permanent or if it's the, just for this game or whatever it might be. But the fact remains that the Florida Gators are going, they're going to look a little bit different in the backfield this week, which is fantastic. Um, Montrell has easily been the most effective of the backs. I know everybody loves Trevor Etienne because he's a true freshman and he's been effective. Montrell has been more effective just overall. Um you know, He's been more consistent and more explosive. So, That'll work. And also, big plays will be available throwing the football, especially in recent weeks. You look at Tennessee, you look at Auburn. I know Tennessee is a fantastic throwing team. So, yes, they're going to be able to complete the deep ball. Auburn, though? Look, I know that I know that the Florida Gators offense this year has not been pretty, especially throwing the ball. I know that Anthony Richardson has struggled and receivers haven't separated enough and all this stuff. But if you're telling me that Auburn can complete the deep pass against LSU, please don't even try to tell me that Anthony Richardson can't find success and that Justin Shorter can't find success and that Ricky Pearsall can't find success and Xavier Henderson and Keon Zipper, none of that. The deep ball has been there for LSU opponents. I don't know if it's more about their scheme, maybe putting players in positions where they aren't good enough to be in that position. Because don't forget, this is an LSU roster that, compared to last year even, which last year's roster wasn't great, has been kind of depleted quite a bit. So it's a bit different where they're just not as good as they usually are. This is a down year for LSU. I mean, it's a down year for Florida, but we're cool with how it's going so far because the expectations were not super high. Um, but, But the deep pass is there. Anthony Richardson has... A stronger arm than Hendon Hooker. I'm not going to say better arm, but a stronger arm than Hendon Hooker. And as far as Jaden Daniels goes, or Jaden Daniels, as far as Robbie Ashford goes, um, yeah, he's he's not great. So I that's that's my thing where I'm saying if Auburn can complete deep passes against LSU, Florida has to be able to. I'm not gonna say if Tennessee can do it, then Florida has to be able to, but if if Auburn can do it. You have to feel at least a little hopeful when you're looking at this Florida Gators offense, right? And the other thing is that playmakers, they got to make plays. Um, Obviously, we say big-time players make big-time plays in big-time moments or big-time games or big-time situations, whatever you want to say. This is a big-time game. Uh, This is a big-time game, moment, situation, whatever you want to call it. This is a big-time game for the Florida Gators for this year. This is LSU. This is a game where Florida loses. They've dropped it four years in a row. That cannot happen. Like this is, this is a incredibly important game for the Florida Gators. Um, and they've got to be able to walk away with a win here. And I know that LSU this year has struggled a lot with tackling this year. So you give that ball to Montreal Johnson. You give that ball to Trevor Etienne. You give that ball to Naquan Wright. You give that ball to Lorenzo Lingard if you want. I don't care. Justin Shorter, Keon Zipper, Xavier Henderson, Ricky Pearsall, Trent Whittemore, Marcus Burke, Dejon Reynolds, Jacquavian Frazers. You give that ball to Dante Zanders, anybody that you want to give the ball to. You let Anthony Richardson run it. His backup's available now. So are we cool with him running it now? Maybe. Either way, you make them earn every tackle. Because straight up, LSU sucks at tackling. So you make them earn that, and you make them work for that. And and that's that's how you kind of win, and you attack their defense. We're about to take a look at how Florida Gators' defense can game plan for this LSU offense. But first, a quick word from Underdog, because this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play and win cold, hard cash in a single game. And I tell you this all the time, and I'm going to keep telling you this, I think maybe the easiest pick from my bunch that I pick every week, John Rice Plumley over rushing yards. Simple as that. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the numbers set at. I'm taking the over because he, he just does that. He's a big play threat. Even in 2019 when LSU was just demolishing everyone, John Rice Plumley demolished them on the ground. They lost the game, but he cooked on the ground for Ole Miss. So now that he's with UCF, I don't feel as bad doing it. Um, uh, You know, if they're still little brother even. I get it, the last game, whatever. Don't care. Uh, sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON and Underdog. will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100. Get another $100. Free. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking at how this Florida defense can, can kind of, I don't want to say attack, but handle this LSU offense. This segment is going to be different because usually I'll name, you know, three things or two or three things that or actually two to four. We'll say that Florida Gators have to do defensively that can contain their opposing offense. That's not the case this week. Just given this situation, given, given the opponent, because I think there's one thing that you have to do in order to win this game. Not that if you do this one thing, you will win. But if you do this one thing, you will significantly increase your chance to win this game. Stop Jaden Daniels from scrambling. That has to be it. And also the reason that I'm only giving one reason, one key, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, is because there's multiple ways to do this. And we can kind of walk through that a little bit here where I think the one that everybody is going to say is, well, just hit something. Uh, I think the thing that uh, everybody is going to say and everybody that I've seen talk about it has said is put a spy on the field. Here's where that gets a little difficult for Florida. So if you don't know, just say that you're you're my QB. But if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm looking right at you. You're the QB. I'm a, a linebacker, we'll say. If you're going left, I'm going left. If you're going right, I'm going right. When you're getting out of the pocket, I got to try to close the distance a little bit to keep you from scrambling. Because we want you to throw the ball. Simple as that. If we're spying you like this, we want you to throw the ball. Because we don't we don't think you're good enough to do it. Who do you have do it against Jaden Daniels? Genuinely. Who do, who do you have... That you're like, okay, Jaden Daniels is a very athletic quarterback. He's not a he's not an awful passer, but he's not great. He's just trying to not make mistakes here. His bread and butter is running the football. So you have a guy who can run the football. He's athletic. Who do you put on him? Do you put Ventrell Miller on him? Who, we love Ventrell, and he's been playing phenomenal lights-out football. But is he... Really gonna be the guy for this game that is going to chase down Jaden Daniels, who is pretty elusive. So you've got your not most athletic linebacker chasing him. And you're kind of taking him out of the play a little bit. Do you do with Amari Bernie? Because Amari Bernie has been fantastic at getting pressure on the quarterback, especially when they're running out of the pocket and he's closing the gap. We saw it, uh I, I forget if it was Missouri or Eastern Washington, but the QB started running and Amari Bernie just closed the gap and finished it and it just ended and got a sack from it, where he was in coverage. He just happened to be there and, and closed the gap and, and ended it real quick. So you have that. Do you put Shamar James and trust a freshman? Because that's also the thing where you've got to be responsible and you've got to be disciplined there, and that's a lot of pressure to put on a freshman who, by the way, isn't even a starter— So you'd have to start him. Do you put a safety out there? Because it would be Trey Dean, and then you're starting Kamari Wilson at the other spot. And do you want to trust Trey Dean to be disciplined and and responsible for that? Either way, I think that it's not as easy as saying, put a spy on Jaden Daniels. Because you have to figure out who you're going to have do that. Because, I mean, it's those three linebackers or Trey Dean, right? You're not going to put a corner over there, because then they're just going to run at him and destroy him. And you have that concern as well when you're looking at Trey Dean. That they just run at him and destroy him. So what do you really do at that point if you don't want to put a spy on him? And I've, I've got two strategies for it. And one of them, blitz the heck out of him. Just, just blitz him, which isn't really Florida style. They're not big on blitzing. Just blitz him. Just don't give him time to sit back, make a read, make a decision. He doesn't want to make a decision anyway. He wants to make a read real quick and then run the ball. Just send six at him. Send send five or six at him with someone having running back responsibility or blitzing responsibility or dropping back responsibility. That kind of, that kind of thing you can ask Ventrell to do. You can ask Amari to do where you say, hey, we're sending five. You just have to sit right behind that line, and if he escapes – finish it, and if the running back leaks out, get the running back. Stuff like that where you you can do that. You can and you can kind of, I mean, you could play man across the board and just press, you could play press man if you want, and it's like, well, now you just got to press him for half a second to one second and then pressure can start getting in and start making Jaden Daniels maneuver around the pocket and you can make him have a bit of a bad time, right? If you just get in the backfield, if you're living in the backfield, What is Jaden Daniels going to do? He's going to have to throw the ball quickly, and if you're pressing, what is he going to have to do? Make an accurate pass in a tight window? Do we really trust Jaden Daniels to do that? I know I don't, and I highly doubt Brian Kelly does. Then there's also another alternative for the Gators, which is keep your usual send four at him. Just, Just you rush four, that's it. You're rushing four down linemen or stand-up edge rusher there, whatever you want to call them. You rush four, and you kind of you just sit back in a zone, specifically a zone. You're not playing man at this point, and if you are playing man, you better have a spy on the field. But you're sitting in zone here. And if we're sitting in, he doesn't have a very strong arm. We'll say cover two. Because if you're sitting in cover two, you've got two deep defenders, four rushers, and the other five defenders. They're sitting in underneath coverage. And Jaden Daniels likes to throw that ball underneath. So you've got to be quick trigger to, to finish those plays. But if you're sitting in cover two, Jaden Daniels has to make timely throws deep downfield. Do you trust him to do that? Because again, I don't. And the second he starts scrambling... You close in. You close in, no matter who you are. If you're, if I'm Jason Marshall, we'll say, if I'm Jason Marshall, I'm sitting on the corner. I'm, I'm, I'm playing my cover two. I'm, which is basically playing in the flats. I'm playing in the flats. My responsibility goes about eight yards behind me, whatever it is. I don't know what the depth is for Patrick County's defense, um, but I'm sitting back there. Jaden starts running to my side, and there's not a receiver right next to me. There's there's maybe a receiver that's threatening a little bit. If I close that gap and whoever's the help defender next to me kind of just picks up a little more responsibility, Jason Marshall can be getting to Jaden Daniels. I, I think that there's multiple strategies you can I'm sure there's even more than that. But I think that that's got to be the priority. Just stop Jaden Daniels from scrambling because that is their offense right now. That's all he's been good at. So stop him from scrambling and... And you significantly improve your chances of winning this game. And it's as simple as that. That's simple. And if you're just listening, air quotes, simple as that. We're about to talk about the big recruiting night from last night. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the big recruiting wins for the Florida Gators. Last night, of course, Thursday, October 13th. Florida got two commits. I said last night, but one of them was, you know... 345 eastern time um so the afternoon evening um and the first one is bryce thornton and i said this frequently i said it a couple times yesterday when i went live after bryce thornton committed and when i went live after deshaun johnson committed where depending on where you look bryce thornton is either listed as a three-star or a four-star safety And I realize that a lot of people, you know, Gators fans are going to say, oh, he's a four-star safety. What do you mean? That's a fantastic ad. And Miami fans and Georgia and Bama and all the teams that don't like Florida are going to say, he's a three-star safety. Who cares that he went there? Well, here's the thing. Here's why Florida Gators fans should rightfully be excited. Bryce Thornton had offers from Bama, which was the other team in his final two along with Florida. So Bama. Texas, LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame, all all these big schools, all these big programs, all offered him, and he picked Florida. I don't care what you're going to say about 24-7 on three, rivals... SI, any any place, I mean SI doesn't really have like rankings, they're just like a database, but any place that has those three to four star rankings listed, I don't care what his ranking is, because he's a safety. Alabama is coached by Nick Saban, and Nick Saban is arguably the best defensive backs coach of all time, and Nick Saban saw Bryce Thornton and said, I see a role for you on this Alabama defense. That right there is all I need. I don't care if he's a three-star, four-star. I don't care if he doesn't have a star. The fact that Nick Saban wanted him, that Kirby Smart wanted him over at Georgia, that LSU wanted him, that Texas wanted him, that all these big schools wanted him, Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame wanted him. That tells me that no matter what your ranking is, no matter what your ranking system is, no matter what rank and file, whatever whatever you're going by, these coaches who get paid millions of dollars to do this think he's good enough to be a baller for their program. So I don't care if you want to call him three-star or four-star. I'll call him SEC caliber kid. I'll call him a Florida Gator commit. That's what I'll call him. The other commit was Dijon Johnson, who we've been talking about for months. He was at Friday Night Lights for the Florida Gators. He decommitted from Ohio State that weekend. He, depending on which news site, platform you want to use, whatever it is, um, he committed 14 times to Florida because everybody was jumping the gun. Even when he was like, I got an offer, they are like, oh, my God, he committed. Um, obviously, that's not the case, but that's, I, that's what some people would like to th- make you think. But he's committed finally four-star. He's now the third highest ranked commit in the class. And here's the thing that's very important about Dijon Johnson. Two of the Gators' top five commits are DBs. Two of the Gators' top five commits are receivers. One's a D-line and Kelby Collins, who's number one, of course. Um, but Dijon Johnson added yet another defensive back to this already incredibly stacked class, as did Bryce Thornton, but Dijon did it at corner. With the ability to play safety. Florida's still pursuing Cormani McLean. With Dijon Johnson, you at least don't feel like you totally missed out if you don't get Cormani McLean. Would it suck? Yeah, obviously it would suck to not have Cormani, but it's not killer to not have Cormani McLean. I think that's an important part here where Dijon Johnson now gives you a little bit of breathing room because for a while it was. The Florida Gators need to get Cormani or Dijon, and now you got Dijon, and now we're still saying the Florida Gators should get Cormani, but you've got a little bit of breathing room if he doesn't commit to the Gators, and that's comforting, at least we'll say. It's an incredibly stacked defensive back class in Gainesville, number eight class in the nation. Eight. Remember when everybody was losing their minds about. Billy Napier and his coaching staff not being able to get it done in June of his first year as a head coach. Well, time flies, and if you you know, if you listened here, we were pretty level headed about how things are gonna shake up. But if you don't wanna be level-headed and if you wanna be wrong, Go nuts. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to preview Florida LSU betting preview, of course. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole 9 Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.